0: Malaria has to be the least fun way to kill some liver cells. I'm Kevin Leeson.
1: What's worse, malaria or malaria prophylaxis? Lucky me, I've had both. I'm Dr. Jenna
2: Kapik. Mosquitoes suck. I'm Joe Fulgham.
3: Giant-size man-thing. I'm Torrin Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda.
2: Malaria is a mosquito-borne infectious disease of humans and other animals caused by protists, which we've talked about before. It's protists? Of, yeah. That's yeah. when
0: uh, when diseases get out there with signs and placards and chant, right? Malaria.
2: Yeah. Malaria. Malaria. We are for-tists. Tists? They're protists. They're not anti-tists. Uh, they're not That's anti-tists, true. they're protists
1: uh, the, I wonder if they'd be pro, like an anti-tist wouldn't be an anti-tist, but like pro... Oh, like
2: like pro-lifer? (laughs) Pro-toast? I'm (laughs) pro-toast. Especially if there's peanut butter on it. Uh
1: So a protist. Mm -hmm. This is a unicellular eukaryotic organism.
3: What does eukaryotic mean again?
1: Let's start with organism. No. um, (laughs) So (laughs) we've talked about in the past a few different kinds of sort of disease-causing agents. We've talked something about bacteria when we were talking about tuberculosis and leprosy and uh, we've talked something about viruses, uh, and then protists are a whole different category. So a eukaryotic organism is like you, except- And
2: you carry it, and, But yeah. it's not spelled that way. I <laughs> take I carry it well. it. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I want to note, is one of those words where you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, that's Greek. Right. Like it's like E-U-K-R-Y. You just think that this has got to have some kind of lamb meat on it somewhere. <laughs> I eat that on a pita. A eukaryote. Mm-hmm.
4: You
1: probably do, especially if it's like beef. That's definitely a eukaryote. <laughs> so the difference between a eukaryote and a prokaryote, like a bacteria, mm-hmm. is basically what we call organ, uh, membrane-bound organelles. So this is like the nucleus where you have your DNA and that kind of thing inside there. You have your mitochondria produce some energy. Okay. If you're a plant, you might have chloroplasts, do some photosynthesis. But uh, bacteria have all of that sort of in one bag, uh, with various proteins and stuff sort of all floating around together. And in eukaryotic cells, they have almost, they're almost like little mini cells. Like they're, they're bound by a membrane and they're like organs in your body, except they're sort of inside each cell. There's these further structures that break up the cell. And that's what defines a eukaryotic organism from a prokaryotic organism. But
3: a prokaryotic is just a sloshing bag of everything.
1: Uh, not if you talk to a microbiologist, but sure. <laughs> 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 this discussion, we'll go with that.
0: Well, Dr. Jenna Kapic, yes. I know it's been a while since you've been on the show, but I have a tendency to ask people for the bona fides. Are you, uh, That's okay. Are you uh, a a malaria expert or are you merely a malaria enthusiast?
1: Uh, I would consider myself both an enthusiast and a victim. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Personal I, experience. I, <laughs> okay.
2: Let's save you talking about what it is until after we get a little bit of the basics of malaria out of the way. Okay. But I totally want to hear that story. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't. It'll be gross. <laughs> uh, malaria begins with a bite from an infected female mosquito, Anopheles mosquito. Anopheles, oh, and yes. only the ladies handed out. Yeah, That's right. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I I knew that the female mosquito was the only one that drew blood, but while re, I didn't realize, I I didn't even think to ask. What do the ma- male mosquitoes eat? They actually drink plant nectar.
1: And actually, the female mo- mosquitoes also eat plant nectar. None of the mosquitoes like, eat blood for nourishment of the mosquito themselves. Okay. The blood meal is used specifically to make eggs. So that's uh, why only the females do it. It's not just because the... the protein. Exactly. So it's not just because the females are sort of, you know, more... more uh, Vampiric. Ravenous if, <laughs> in the meat if
2: blood If only department. we could convince them to practice birth control of some type, you know, abstain from having children, then they wouldn't have to go get the blood, which means... It's no, true. We Everyone bit. would live in harmony. Well, now I have a reason to use the term blood-sucking bitches
0: outside of <laughs> the context of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
1: <laughs> and I know you've been looking for a while.
0: <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a total fan.
2: Not. Malaria causes symptoms that typically include fever and headache, which in severe cases can progress to coma or death. Malaria is widespread in tropical and subtropical regions in a broadband around the equator, including much of sub Saharan Africa, Asia, and the Americas. The word origin of malaria comes from 1740 from the Italian mala area, meaning literally bad air. And this is because it typically comes from places where you are mosquito infested, which is right. typically swampy, marshy locations that uh, have lots of water on the stagnant water on the ground.
0: So back before they even knew that mosquitoes were the catalyst to it all, it was all like they really recognize this place stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can smell the the mal-area. Uh huh.
1: There actually used to be a lot of malaria in North America, and one of the major reasons that there isn't anymore in the States and whatnot is because a lot of the swamps are filled in for right. building and for farming and that kind of thing uh, that reduce the incidence of mosquitoes in general. <clears throat>
3: so all and we have to do is get rid of all the wetlands out. on the planet Earth.
1: I don't see how that could cause any other problems.
0: <laughs> and that will solve the malaria <laughs> yeah. problem, and everyone will be happy. Uh-huh. That's like uh, you know uh, a fly sw- uh, a sledgehammer instead of a fly swatter, right? You know? as, as no somebody, ripple effect from that.
2: As somebody who seems to be target number one for every mosquito ever, anytime I go outside when they're around, I let's wipe them out. Even oh, yeah? Th- ignoring malaria, my legs and arms are big red bump-filled sores during the summer a lot of the time. Is it because you cover yourself in swamp water? <laughs> yeah, you know, but the ladies like it. The funk, the <laughs> funk of the swamp. The, the mosquito ladies especially.
1: <laughs> well, what mosquito ladies are usually attracted to as far as trying to find that blood meal is actually a carbon dioxide gradients mm-hmm. and heat gradients. And then there's some special something X factor that so does I'm, seem to differentiate between tasty, tasty, tasty humans and like, meh, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it if it it's it there type it. of humans. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I'm hot and breathy is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's the cross I bear. <laughs> Symptoms of malaria are very flu-like: yes. headache and backache, often misdiagnosed as the flu. Uh, I noted that if if you're not from a place where malaria is quite prevalent, you, the, the, your physician pretty much has to be kind of suspicious. They have to note that you've been to somewhere where malaria uh, has been in order to even get put on that track. Yeah, to get red flag for that, right?
0: And
1: actually, it's it's good to keep in mind when you come back from somewhere. Um, to, like, let people know around you that you, you know, have been in a malaria area or Why? whatever ma- so that...
0: Malaria a malaria area? N-
1: no, so that if you do get sick and have a really high fever and are delirious or something, that someone else can let your doctor know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, by the way, this could actually be malaria.
3: Okay, all right. Because symptoms take, how long does it take between when you're bitten, when you get the uh, the, yeah. uh, the bite? plasmodium or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. into your body and then you start actually feeling sick.
1: So that starts to dip into the life cycle a little bit of this parasite and what it is. Uh, But it depends on the species of the actual parasite as well as I think there's a little bit of variation that can happen but somewhere between sort of 5 and 12 or 14 days usually Okay. except for there's one species that can actually uh last a lot longer in your liver cells and then cause disease weeks months and in very very rare causes, uh, cases years later. Oh
0: really? So mm-hmm. malaria is a parasite yes. not it's not a disease it's not it's not like you know like the flu right. It's a parasitic like disease. Yes? Yes. Yes. What does that mean? That means this, this little, there's some kind of little creature that the mosquito inject gives to you when it sucks your blood, and then that thing creates a disease?
1: Right. It creates the symptoms of the disease that is malaria. So let's go back to what the parasite actually is. Hmm. It's a single-celled organism of the group Plasmodium, mm-hmm. or the genus Plasmodium, I should say. And there are four different species that affect humans.
3: Four species, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: actually really closely related to uh, the Toxoplasmosis gondii. Oh, the infects cat the one. the cats, yeah, yeah. with mm. the, the mice and the cats and the humans and yeah. Uh, but what it is, so we've talked about what a eukaryote is, and this is a single-celled eukaryote. So all us humans, we are very, very, very distinctly multicellular, lots and lots of cells. Um, this is a hey, single-celled organism.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so what's interesting is actually the mosquito itself is actually the primary host for this organism, and we know this because that's where all the sexual reproduction happens and whatnot. So the, the humans are basically just sort of um, where an offshoot of the life cycle happens, and it's necessary for the whole life cycle. This, this parasite needs two different types of hosts, an invertebrate and a vertebrate. Um, but in the form that's ever in humans, it's Got the same type of genetic material that an egg or a sperm would have. They're called haploids, so they only have half of the genetic material. In human terms, it's like the sperm or egg
4: mm-hmm.
1: are haploid and each have half of the mm-hmm. genetic material, whereas every other cell in your body, all your skin, your eyeball, everything, has both sets of DNA. Right. That only ever occurs in the mosquito stage of the the malaria parasite.
0: And, and the malaria parasite, is, that's what it's called? It's called the malaria parasite?
1: It's called plasmodium.
0: Okay. So right.
1: plasmodium is the genus, and then there's four different
3: species.
0: Sounds like a, uh, you know, uh, some kind of mineral you can find in a James Cameron movie.
3: Plasmodium. Yeah. We we went to the planet mysterious to, <laughs> to harvest to some to plasmodium.
0: plasmodium.
1: Yeah, I would think it'd be a you know some some like mysterious mysterious new element that you'd find in your blood or something, and then it would cause you to murder people for it because in your mm-hmm. plasma.
2: I thought you could use it to prevent indigestion in superpowered individuals. Plasmodium AD. Uh.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh. So what? So. <laughs> I'm confused about the haploids. So what does the mosquito need us for? Or what does the parasite need us for that's not getting in the mosquito?
1: So it's just part of the life cycle. So what happens is, so we'll start at the point where the mosquito finds us. Mm -hmm. And by us, I mean Joe. Yeah. That's that's who we're finding.
0: It feels like if there were a bunch of mosquitoes in here right now, they'd be on him like a fat kid on a smarty.
1: So the female (laughs) mosquito, as we've discussed, bites the human. And they don't actually... Uh, just suck out blood. First, they have to inject other things mm-hmm. to be able to suck out the blood. Mm-hmm. So, mosquitoes, when they bite you, actually inject um,
3: anticoagulant.
1: They do inject anticoagulant. They also inject anesthetic,
4: mm-hmm. okay. so that you don't feel it. Right,
1: and a, um, a vasodilator. So this basically causes right. the, Let the the capillary. Blood flow. The, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Embigens the straw.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, I never understood how anesthetic would work because. You know, when you get anesthetic from the doctor, they inject you with the needle and you feel the needle and then the anesthetic takes hold after that. So you don't feel what happens after the needle injection. Yes. That really confuses me why you wouldn't feel the mosquito bite. Does it like just slather the area before it pokes into you or?
1: I think it's more, you know, if you don't notice that initial first little poke. Right. Then you just don't feel anything. Because I think
0: it's little poker is pretty small. Yeah. You know, Although, it's not like a like a big gauge needle like you would get in a syringe. Certainly, I can I can feel it when Probably a mosquito, depends on the mosquito. <laughs> when a mosquito bites me though. The, so.
2: the
3: initial bite, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're hoping there's like three at you to three but, going on at a time, and you uh, and you feel.
2: The but also first think of the one, number of the next two. I, I agree with you that sometimes you'll be like, ah, I just got bit by a mosquito, and other times you'll like lift your arm up and then go, oh yeah, there's ah, a mosquito on there. Look at that, look at that mosquito just sucking sucking on away. The I didn't even notice that. I don't think I ever really feel the initial bite.
0: I think I always feel it. I always seem to feel it like when they fly away when they're. Little, like wings, like I get the little wing flyer and I see it fly away and I got the bump already. I'm like, God, oh,
3: curse you, mosquito. I don't know if I've ever done this, but I've certainly heard of it being done where you, you see a mosquito biting you and then you pinch the skin around it so it can't get the proboscis out and then it explodes because it can't stop sucking blood. Is that an urban myth? Or uh, it sounds like an
0: urban myth. I've, I've heard like it like and it tried an and not myth. been successful. Yeah, yeah I I've su- I suspect it's wishful thinking on your part. <laughs>
1: and I don't think it's going to help you out as far as like the, oh, any of, of the inflammation of the bite and i yeah. also don't think it's going to help you out in preventing getting malaria, malaria cuz that pretty much is going to happen right at the beginning yeah
3: that's
0: the first thing they you get inject before they suck in. out the blood right. right right
1: so the so this
0: the, this malaria parasite just kind of like surf's in on anesthetic and uh, anticoagulant
1: yeah so the the female mosquito is infected herself she is infected with malaria right. most of the time uh, it's probably not going to be detrimental to her at all unless she's got a really high burden of infection and it might be problematic just as far as, you know, number of cells that are taking over her body as Mm -hmm. well. So in the salivary glands of the female mosquito, the malaria parasite, the form that it takes is the sporozoite and this is the form that is injected into the human host.
3: Sporozoite. Say it with me, everyone. Sporozoite. Sporozoite.
1: Okay. So now the sporozoids are in the blood and they're just sort of like hanging out in the plasma and they get cleared pretty quickly by the immune system and the spleen. But uh, before this happens, some of them are going to make their way to the liver. Okay. Okay.
0: Because
1: most blood goes through the liver, gets filtered, whatnot. Okay. So the sporozoids have very specific receptors on the outside of their cell. Mm -hmm. Uh, that connects with the hepatocytes, so the liver cells. Okay. And this manipulates the liver cells to actually phagocytose and so bring into itself and sort of eat. Eat itself. I'm doing, I'm doing air quotes. It's very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good pot <laughs> Basically <laughs> eat the sporozoite. Mm. Okay.
0: Okay. So, So the sporozoite... It fastens itself to the liver. And then the liver eats the sporozoite. And the liver says, Welcome, I will consume you.
1: Exactly. So now the sporozoite is hanging out inside of the hepatocyte, the liver cell. Right. Also encased in a membrane that was derived from the the cellular membrane of the liver cell. Okay. So So now it's 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 made
0: the the liver give it like just a big blanket. A little blanket. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so now it's protected from the immune system
0: oh, because it's inside the liver cell. Right.
1: And you can't see them anymore in the blood. So now they're called cryptozoites.
3: Oh, crypto. Because so they're oh, yeah. hidden
1: inside the liver cell. Deus.
3: Crypto with a K or with a C? C, C. like mm. cryptozoology.
1: Sorry.
0: Study of the hidden animals. I got it. Is that harder it? for you? Well, just harder with a K, on? it would have been a little more <laughs> Superman-esque, right? You know? You're like, I'm going to get malaria and turn to Superman.
2: Super or, malaria, or, or my liver. I, I think the cryptocytes would depower him. Actually, oh,
0: you're totally oh. right. But and first, it, his dun, liver. Dun,
2: dun. So
1: the first <laughs> symptoms for Superman That's right. are him not being able to hold his liquor.
2: He gets, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then he gets a super flu. Let's <laughs> save the world. Do you think man. he can have
1: like a Superman wine while he has a super? Flu? Would
2: Superman's projectile vomit be like completely dangerous to the entire planet? That's what I was
3: thinking oh, about, too. If, you know, in some stories, he, like, he like wakes up and he's shooting lasers out of yeah. his heat vision because uh, he's had a bad dream or right, something right. through the ceiling. Like, I also wonder if he loses control, if he goes into delirium state, does he just, like, freeze breath all the time and just blow shit up with his just amazing powers? <laughs> yeah, up? just
2: night terrors where he cracks the core of the planet open. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's why we got to kill him right away. Yeah,
2: okay. That's As right. a baby. Uh-huh. I'm, I side with Luthor on this one. That alien is dangerous. Yeah. More trouble than he's worth. Okay, so we're at the crypto. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're back at cryptozoites.
1: Cryptozoites.
2: Cryptozoites. Okay,
1: so they're hanging out in the liver cell, and then they start this process of asexual replication, which is not nearly as fun as sexual mm-hmm. replication. But there we are. So they
3: clone themselves, more or more less. More or
1: less ish. Yeah. So they 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 divide. It actually divides, and they actually divide the nucleus first, and then separate out the cytoplasm and stuff. It's different than how our cells divide, but it doesn't matter. For the purposes of this podcast, yep, right. uh, And so now, what happens is the the liver cells burst. The liver cells burst.
3: Oh, that's not good.
1: And they release all of these cryptozoites that suddenly become merozoites.
3: Merozoites by the
1: fact that they are now no longer in, in the, liver. the liver cell okay. and they're now in the blood, and they very quickly. Uh, go through sort of the same process with red blood cells.
3: So now we're starting to feel sick at that point? That he- Not yet. Okay.
1: So the wow. incubation period in the liver cells uh, is sort of usually sort of anywhere from about five to 16 days, depending again on the um, on the species. species. And we might talk about a little bit later. One of the species, as I said, can actually sort of hang out in the liver for a little bit longer, has a different form. But uh, so then, yeah, we get into the, the red blood cells.
0: The merozoites.
1: Merozoites go into the red blood cells and then sort of do the same thing. They, they interact with the external uh, membrane of the red blood cells. They get pulled in there um, and then they replicate and then those red blood cells burst. So this and then is we have more.
0: This is basically one of those, this is a couch surfer. Right, you yeah, You have your place, and when somebody's buddy comes over and goes, hey, dude, might I hang out on your couch for a little while? And before you know it, he doesn't take out your garbage. He's like, uh, your place kind of has- Making long-distance phone calls. Making long-distance phone calls. getting you your food. Yeah. Trying
3: on all your clothes.
0: Your, your living room wow. now kind of has a funk that it didn't have before. And Torn you can't... just had a whole bunch of that chambered up. <laughs>
2: There's a story behind that. Yeah, right, right, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. List, list, list. <laughs> So yeah,
0: so that yeah, this guy's like a Kato Kalen of the of the uh, Cell World.
1: Except more like, you know, if he comes in to couch surf and then clones himself a whole bunch of times yeah. and then you have like a thousand of them that oh, then burst oh, out of your you house sh- you, and infect your neighbor. This
0: is when you come home from work and you're having a party that you didn't even know was gonna happen at your place and you realize it's none of your friends, it's all this dude's friends, and he doesn't even fucking live there.
2: Dude, don't worry, I'll clean up when I'm done. <laughs> yes. Just like, well, I haven't but I will. <laughs>
0: Precisely. Oh, merozoite. A real life, a real life example.
1: Well, then, so what happens is that when the the parasite is inside your red blood cells or inside your liver cells, you're not sick. And when they cause your your liver cells or your red blood cells to burst, if it's just a few of them, that doesn't really make you that sick, right? Um, But then, as it starts to be more and more and more, as they
3: replicate. And
1: then infect more red blood cells, and then infect more red blood cells, and then infect more red blood cells. Then all of a sudden, well, first off, you have fewer red blood cells. Yeah, which you I
3: need those things. You totally (laughs) do.
1: That's why we have. I can't have totally totally
3: exploding all the time. (laughs)
1: Uh, And the other thing that happens is that so the parasite is living inside the red blood cells, and the red blood cells. As some of you may know, or some of you may not know, are basically big giant bags of hemoglobin,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and hemoglobin is made up of heme, which is.
0: Um, no, I know who uh, hemoglobin um, is. Hemoglobin's that bad guy in the Spider-Man comics, mm-hmm. the green hemoglobin.
3: <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Hemoglobin. Uh, the vampires read the uh, read the hemoglobin
2: mail, <laughs> right? Uh, I was thinking of hermoglobin, which is the female version of hemoglobin. It wasn't as good, so I wasn't going to say it, but now I feel like I have to.
1: Yeah, I was just waiting for the pun trifecta yeah. before moving on.
2: I'm not a pun fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the parasite is basically using the energy from the hemoglobin and the protein in there in order to um, replicate and have energy for itself. But the heme part of that is uh, toxic at high concentrations, so oh. they actually excrete it as a waste product and what's actually really interesting is it um it actually crystallizes as it's a, a waste product
4: oh but okay. anyhow,
1: the release of this is sort of like these these waste vacuoles when the red cell red blood cells burst causes an immune reaction that then makes you sick oh okay,
0: okay. so right. it's
1: kind of like. Having this strong reaction to the parasite poop. Okay. Okay. When the red blood cells burst. Okay. Then, then right.
3: finally, your immune system catches on as to what's going on. Yeah. Now it Wait a minute. Pissed
1: off. And this is where so some of the symptoms of malaria we mentioned how they're very flu-like symptoms mm-hmm. and whatnot. What we didn't talk about is the periodicity of this. And so what happens is you get really really sick, and then you feel really really fine, mm-hmm. and then two or three. Two or three days later, depending on the uh, the species, because it's still you in get really really sick. Not as much, no. Okay. So the first stage is the liver, and then once it leaves your liver, it never goes back. Okay. It just stays in your blood, and so, but so. It, but they're all sort of synchronized because it's really efficient at entering the red blood cells. So they'll all sort of you can picture the red blood cell bursting and releasing all of these merozoites mm-hmm. that then really quickly infect other red blood cells and then are hidden again.
3: Oh, I ah, see. And weird. then
1: they have the, sort of the same incubation period all, and they're all synchronized. And then those red blood cells burst, and then they infect new red blood cells. So does this cells, just, this just cycle, just go
3: again. on and on forever until either you die or you get cured?
1: Well, eventually this the infection is usually uh, cleared by your spleen. Okay. And then you have a level of immunity, and then oh,
3: spleen. your
1: next infection might be less severe and that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's just so interesting that on the microscopic level, Things are so incredibly synchronized to actually manifest themselves as these waves of sickness occurring over days where you think like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm totally fine. Like, oh, that was awesome. That was really short-lived. Oh, my design. God, I'm going to die. I think,
0: I think I got malaria, guys. It was every Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel rotten. And it just comes back every week. Hmm. I think there's mosquitoes at the pub down no the road
3: No matter from my how house. much alcohol you take to get rid of that malaria.
2: <laughs> exactly. Why, why sometimes it even seems to work in reverse.
1: So the end part of the life cycle is when we go back into the mosquito. So basically, sometimes when they inv- invade the red blood cells, instead of just multiplying into a whole bunch of these merozoites, they then change into gametocytes, which oh is God. the it, it, it's sort of the, the proto-egg and proto-sperm. And mm. then that has to be re-ingested by a female mosquito and for so the this... sexual stage to occur inside the
3: mosquito. So what this... You're talking about an infected mosquito.
2: No, this is, this is how a mosquito becomes infected. So it bites a human. Oh, and a, a malaria-infected human. Right. We'll a
3: perfectly it... healthy mosquito. Yes. Exactly. Now we're the problem. Yes. yes. Ah, so this it's is the problem. It's probably easier for us to get rid of all of us than, than get the mosquito, if we
2: really want to get rid of the malaria. <laughs> and right. because... But if we get rid of us, then malaria doesn't matter, because <laughs> the mosquitoes don't really get hurt by it too bad.
1: It can also infect other mammals. And whatnot, oh, but tends right. not to go with like cold-blooded I and warm-blooded. About those other Think of the
3: <laughs> other <laughs> animals. Taurus. Think about the they lowly don't... quagga.
2: They don't have any medicine. There's a what now? <laughs>
3: that's a marsupial in uh, in uh, New Zealand. It's probably not in the malaria zone. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds intriguing, uh, but yeah, because the the malaria parasite, as I said, that's in you is only haploid. It's basically only. Uh, got half of the genetic material to make uh, an egg. So the female mosquito actually has to bite two infected people in order for the cycle to continue.
3: Oh, so uh, uh, presuming that two of these people have... Is she only draining like half of what she needs or she just needs more biogenic diversity?
1: I don't really know a lot about the, the... (laughs) <laughs> the rationale behind the way the female mosquitoes bite. Right. But... Um, well, lucky
0: for malaria that mosquitoes are extra bitey. They yeah. kind of like to bite all sorts of different people all the time. It's true. It seems that way. So, you know, they, they chose a pretty good carrier.
1: But basically, if mosquitoes could only bite once... Right. ...and could not bite twice, there Malari- would be no malaria.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, under those circumstances, I'm sure malaria would have adapted...
2: So a mosquito has to bite two infected people in order to get infected. Now, yeah. do you know how many times a human has to be bitten by a mosquito to pick up malaria? Because I actually have a number that's kind of surprising. I thought for
0: a second you were about to say, do you know how many times a human has to bite another human to spread malaria? And I was going to like <laughs> call BS on you, Joe, because I don't remember that part of Dr. Jenna's uh, diatribe.
2: I think it's I think it's close to infinity. <laughs> I, I think it might be possible to <laughs> bite your. We lip? can do some tests. You can
1: get transfusion malaria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if there's like blood exchange, right? You could, you could mm-hmm. do. it. So if you oh,
2: accidentally, Steph. if you're biting them and you also bite your lip, so you have to bite then, two, you have yeah. to bite two humans two, as well. Two bites, yeah. You <laughs> have to bite yourself and the other but guy. The uh, the information I have: in order to get malaria, you have to be bitten by, mis- by infected mosquitoes about a hundred times. But if you live in a malarial transmission zone, you're probably bitten about a thousand times a day. By mosquitoes. Which
1: for Joe would be about 10,000 Yeah,
2: I would be, I would have so many mosquitoes on my body that were they to all flap their wings and try to fly away at the same time, I could get liftoff. I would just, there would be a, it would look like I was furry from all the mosquitoes sticking off my skin. And they would just fly away. Does, does any of that like deep based stuff work? Does the oh, deep yes. woods work for you? Oh, it yes. does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. If I put that on, then I'm okay. Oh. Yes. They, they can't fight past it. It's true.
1: I will, tell you, I will tell you. I don't know if either any of the rest of you have ever been in a tropical area for an extended period of time, but no, DEET, DEET is a good tool. It might make your skin burn if you really drench yourself in it, but let me tell you it's worth it.
2: <laughs> According to Dr. Joe Schwartz, DDT is still a cheap, effective way to prevent malaria. There is also, this is a quote from him, There is also clear evidence that the DDT even deters mosquitoes that are resistant to its insecticidal properties. For less than $1.50, a house in Africa can be protected for an entire year. Uh, In Ceylon, which is now Sri Lanka, where about 2.5 million cases of malaria were recorded annually in the 1950s, regular spraying led to just 31 reported cases in 1962. However, they stopped spraying in 1964 and the rate was back up to two and a half million annually by 1969.
0: Yeah, because isn't DDT like gets in the groundwater and is like super toxic. Like it just creates another problem. So you don't have malaria, but now you got DDT.
2: Yeah. Right.
3: Damned if you do, damned if
2: you don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unfortunately, it's, like,
1: it's a little bit of a blunt-edged weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, here's the thing. Dr. J. Gordon Edwards would often begin lectures on DDT by eating a spoonful and he lived well into his 80s. Oh, he's well preserved. And he finished
1: every lecture by (laughs) (laughs) worst vomiting. By vomiting into
2: it, yeah. (laughs) It's perfectly fine as long as you throw up later. I don't know why I gave him a German accent. (laughs) Gordon Edwards. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, randomly (laughs) German. Yes, (laughs) Edwards. I I just decided that somebody put in chemicals into the water base. (laughs) Must, (laughs) Must be German. Don't worry, this is just gas. It's going to clean you up.
0: That, that spoonful of DDT every time he had a lecture, that's what kept him preserved into his ankle. That's but right. He was, <laughs> yeah. he was otherwise would have died like when he was 54. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 he
2: was like pre-plastinated for body worlds. <laughs> He'd actually been dead since he was 50. It's just yeah. the malaria had been animating his body <laughs> to spread its... No, DDT is fine. Yeah, he would have had his
0: 10,000 mosquitoes, except the fact he was like totally full of DDT. It yeah. could have just hovered him everywhere.
1: As far as transmission of malaria as well as death rates everything is really really low on yeah. a on a sort of per infection basis and so when you think of the number of deaths and the the amount of uh, financial strife that this yeah. causes it's enormous considering how sort of benign most cases of malaria can really be over a lifetime right I've got
2: some numbers uh, in 2004 there were 300 to 500 million cases of malaria worldwide. <laughs> I know. Like half a billion people caught malaria. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this off with only. Uh huh. And I, I only use the term only in relation to the 500 million number. Okay. With only 2.7 million deaths. Uh huh.
1: Almost all of the deaths that are caused by malaria are caused by the species Plasmodia falciparum.
2: This is
3: one of the four different species. Four different species, of...
1: species that infect humans. Okay. There's a lot of species of malaria, but only four really affect humans very much um and yeah 75 percent of cases that are caused in sub-saharan africa are caused by plasmodium falciparum and almost all of the deaths and most of the deaths that occur from other species of the plasmodium are um, because there's other complications or other risk factors involved but for healthy adults almost all of the the deaths are caused by that one species
3: it's just nasty Right.
1: It has a, a extra special set of sy- symptoms that none of the other oh, ones do. Oh,
3: do tell. Uh-huh. So
1: when, when the plasmodium is inside the red blood cells, it actually manipulates the host cell to change the surface properties of the cell. So the outside of the cell surface now has a, a different property.
0: So this is that bad roommate or the couch surfer comes in and then repaints.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. You
0: come in and all of a sudden, like repaints
1: the outside of the house. Yeah. And you
0: roll in. You're like, um, dude, eggplant. Really? Yeah. Eggplant. That was a good choice.
1: Eggplant polka dots. Like it's very bad. (laughs) Um, So the the way that the immune system clears the infection while they're in the red blood cells is that the infected cells are sort of cleaned up by the spleen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to prevent this, uh, *Falciparum*, it. Does something called sequestration. So it tries to sequester the red blood cells that it's in from the spleen. And how it does this is by causing the red blood cells to get these sticky knobs on them that adhere to the inside of blood vessels. So for big blood okay. vessels, not such a big problem.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: For little blood vessels, like all the ones that are in your brain.
3: Oh, my brain.
1: Big problem.
3: Ooh. My oh. brain needs blood flow.
1: And so then you can end up with cerebral malaria that is oh very lethal God. that causes. So the symptom listed is impaired consciousness.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Take that as you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, convulsions, neurological disorder, coma, and death.
3: Impaired okay. right. consciousness always also happens to me for about eight hours. I mean. <laughs> and
1: really interestingly, one of the, the clinical symptoms that can be used to diagnose this form of uh, of malaria is actually a whitening of the retina because the all the tiny, tiny, tiny little blood vessels have trouble getting enough blood. And so you get whitening of certain areas that are full of right. little blood vessels. And so you can use it to diagnose uh, falciparum. Oh,
4: mm.
0: wow. Okay. But it's
1: very a lot more deadly than a lot of the
0: disease. yeah no get that so what can we do about malaria well i just wanted to say that i
3: heard on a podcast that i listen to occasionally this week in parasitism yes and they have like a three part uh, episode on malaria well
0: and this week in parasitism <laughs> malaria has got to be like number one on the charts right like it's got to be there with 500 million malaria cases a year and they
3: said in that in world war i think it was world war Two, more more soldiers died of malaria than of being shot or from the munitions or whatever that's what i heard a a, a professor say
0: just fact checking.
2: Uh, here we go. Malaria was the most important health hazard encountered by U.S. troops in the South Pacific during World War II, where about 500,000 men were infected, okay. according to so Joseph Patrick Byrne. 60,000 American soldiers died of malaria during the African and South Pacific campaigns. So right.
1: the thing about uh, you know people that don't live in malaria. Endemic areas, mm-hmm. going there is that the adults don't have a lot of resistance, so you do build up resistance. You still get malaria when you're an adult living in sub-Saharan Africa or whatever. Like most people will get it like a couple times a year, once a year, whatever. The same way that you know you get your yearly flu or whatever mm. here, but it's not so severe, and it is something like a flu ish um, because you've built up this resistance over your lifetime. Uh, kids. And infants especially once the the levels of the maternal antibodies start to wane in their bodies mm. are very, very, very susceptible to death from malaria because their immune system isn't as strong. They're you know, infants are generally more susceptible to almost everything, but then they're they don't have those antibodies built up yet. So if you make it to adulthood Without dying from malaria right. as a small child, you're
4: good. You have excellent survival. You're yeah,
1: you're you're really good. But if you're an adult from North America or Europe heading down to sub, like you know, the Pacific sea- Theater or Sub-Saharan Africa, then you become a lot more sick from malaria than a native of that region right. would for your first couple of times that you get it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this the time where you're going to tell us your personal malaria anecdote?
1: Uh, sure. So I spent uh three months in Ghana. Uh, between... How much of
3: those were upright? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jumping ahead vertical, of yourself a little. <laughs> vertical as opposed to horizontal. Listen, uh, her, personal life, <laughs> her personal life is none of our business, Torrin. I was also with my little brother. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <laughs> sick bastard.
1: Uh, so there's a number of malaria prophylactics that you can take.
0: Okay, so this is you take a magnum condom and stretch it over your head and that you got to do the full body so you don't get bitten by oh, the mosquito. There you go. There you Actually, go.
1: They, that would probably be a lot more effective than a lot of the mosquito repellents.
2: <laughs> yeah, there would be a problem with breathing, though, yeah. maybe a little bit. Now there's two reasons that I like latex clothing. <laughs>
1: but generally, you know, if you're headed out to to a malaria endemic area and you're... You know, North American or European or, you know, somewhere else where they have travel medical clinics, you tend to go on some malaria prophylaxis. So these drugs, and I think we mentioned there's really no true vaccine for malaria, but a lot of the prophylactics will, um, they sort of prevent the disease from going too far, sort of thing. So uh, the particular drug I was on, which I will describe for you, uh, doxycycline. It works by uh, – it has to get all the way through the liver stage before it can start working. It has to be during that red blood cell uh, bursting and repopulation, bursting stage. The
3: merozoite stage? The cryptozoid sure. stage.
1: Yes. Also called the uh, erythrocytic stage, Ooh. as in having to do with red blood cells. I was Ooh. always bad at
3: erythrocyt when I was in <laughs> oh, no. grammar school.
1: So it doesn't stop you from actually getting the parasite inside you. Right. Um, so doxycycline, on another note, is a terrible, <laughs> terrible <laughs> drug to take every day. Uh, this show
0: brought to you by doxycycline. <laughs> no,
1: oh, my gosh. Sponsored uh, by? Cheap. So for taking it for a long term, it's it's a good thing. And it doesn't interfere with birth control, which, you know, helps oh, okay. when you're with your brother. But um, <laughs> sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> it, it also makes you rather nauseous every okay, morning. sure. Um yes. And there was one day where we didn't have really good drinking water, so I couldn't swallow it with any water. So it comes in a gel capsule for some un-understandable reason, so that it sticks to the inside of your esophagus and gives you an esophageal ulcer, so it hurts to swallow for two days. So, (laughs) not that fun. So then, you know, I've been having a great time with this doxycycline and just really appreciating the fact that I am having the opportunity to take this wonderful pill every morning so there's this wonderful park in ghana where it's a it's like a safari park but it's a lot more sort of intimate than a lot of places and so you go on like a walking safari and you hang out at a
4: a pool
1: and are looking down at a pool where elephants are and stuff like it's really really cool Hmm. like a chlorinated pool where there's like a pool below it with elephants and crocodiles and stuff it's really really amazing yeah but anyhow so we're planning on going to this the next day we booked our bus tickets living
3: in harmony (laughs) that is a magical place (laughs)
1: tentative harmony <laughs> but i wake up in the middle of the night and i was just shaking and puking and sweating and i had absolutely my brother comes into the bathroom and he's like you know jenna what's up and i look at him i'm like i don't know where i am and i'm just shaking my head and looking around it and- sounds like
2: impaired consciousness to me well he looks down
1: at me and he's like okay you're in a bathroom
2: <laughs>
1: in a hotel In Tamale, in Ghana, in Africa.
3: Planet (laughs) Earth. Okay, let me think. Solar (laughs) system. Milky Milky Way. way.
1: (laughs) (gasps) Like, going through each of the... Okay, okay, now I sort of know. And I think, you know, there's absolutely zero chance I'm going anywhere the next day. Like, this is the sickest I've ever been. Wake up, fresh as a rose.
3: Oh, Wow. Ah. No problem. Soul fever dream.
4: Uh-huh. And now
1: I know that, you know, the malaria, there was just sort of hanging out my red blood cells now. So I was happy, happy as a clam. <laughs> Get on the bus, go to Tamale. I, I go to the Mole Park, uh, see some elephants, you know, hanging out, being shocked by baboons, good times. And all of a sudden, not feeling so hot anymore.
4: <laughs> it's lot that of,
1: quick. A lot of vomiting. Yeah, it was a, a couple of days later. So we'd spent one night and the next day. And the couple of symptoms that we didn't mention are general disorientation
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: and aversion to food.
0: Oh. Well, okay. Then, which do I
1: do not experience very often.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Maybe when you're violently ill, that helps a lot.
1: Oh, well, I learned a really good technique. So, so public service announcement. <laughs> okay. Mm- okay. <laughs> if you ever can't stop vomiting,
0: yeah. like uh-huh. if you just
1: can't keep anything down. Put
0: your food
3: in rectally. <laughs> no,
1: just drink a lot of pop because it's okay, already okay. acidic. And yeah. if you're puking that frequently, your stomach doesn't have a lot of time to build up a lot of acid. So when you puke it up, it just tastes like pop.
3: Oh, nice. Oh.
1: <laughs> so I was just drinking ginger ale like there was no tomorrow. And uh, in the middle, so the general disorientation bit is, you know, you'd be in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> and it's just sort of. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> just like, look around, off into the distance. And...
1: and then, you know, about 20, 30 seconds later, just jump back in
0: Okay. at okay. the same point. <laughs> so so let me get this straight. So, your anti malarial medication, which had given you. Made
1: a, me violently ill.
0: Violently ill and give you an ulcerated uh, esophage- yes. a, a esophageal ulcer. Yes. Uh, didn't actually prevent malaria from happening to no, you. No. I stopped taking it. Uh, I, would, I would say so. <laughs> it kind of becomes pointless at that stage of the game. Right, so, so do all of them kind of work uselessly or are some of them better than others?
1: There's varying levels of effectiveness um, and I might have just got unlucky. I'm not hundred percent sure i ha- I don't have a lot of stats. i well I have zero stats and I don't really have any more stories of people that or, caught malaria on doxycycline
2: where did maybe you, where did you get it from because Canada. I had, oh okay
1: yeah uh, but so luckily, I was at this park mm. and There was a nurse from Ghana, a nurse from South Africa, and a nurse from England that were all there at the same time. And they're like, oh, so you have malaria. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's some pills. Like, start taking these. Uh, and I'm not, I don't remember what it was, um, but they do have some treatment. So then I went to the well, hospital little, the next day. they're a little
0: bit more used to malaria over there than they are here. Yes, it was right? really
1: helpful. And mm. everything's over the counter. You don't really need a prescription for anything. So I go into the hospital and they're like, you know, they don't do any tests at all. They're just, you know, yes, you have malaria. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take oral medication or would you like in, like intravenous therapy? I will take oral Medication, please. Oh. But they always ask because a lot of people, um, because they're not used to a lot of Western medical treatments, consider anything intravenous more effective.
4: Right. Oh, okay.
1: And so, will not believe that the pills will work, and so will right. actually you like will prefer it, it makes go sense for the more invasive treatment on purpose.
2: It's it's pretty easy to make a fake pill, yes. but uh, you know you got to actually have something to inject. And, and something to inject with, like a needle, which saline. is way more. Yeah, true.
1: People do it. People give people mm-hmm. a pill and then use saline to convince them that the pill will work. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, not that the pill will work, but, but the medicine will work. The, But, but the at the very least, will those
2: will be legitimate medic- medical practitioners, right? Like if you want to fake things Hopefully. out, it, it's, it would be. I think it would be <laughs> much the easier the to make world. a sugar pill than to than to have like a needle and a bottle and to draw things in and then poke people. Uh, so yeah.
0: the, the, the stuff they give you in Africa, did that seem to work? Or were you, did you just? Well, suffer I, reco- your whole I recovered. Rest
1: of your trip? Um, which is typical. Like you tend to recover. Get over it. Uh, and Shake the other it thing off, that the drugs do is that they help uh, prevent the cerebral malaria. Okay. So you have the fever and whatnot, but they help prevent that part of the cycle. Um, But then so then I decided, well, doxycycline sucks, like Mm -hmm. it's just terrible. So I went and investigated a couple of uh, prophylactics that are available there that aren't actually available in Canada. Mm -hmm. But they were I I checked with some nurses and stuff that were from the UK. Uh, So uh, like it's great, you know, self-medication by asking around. (laughs) Um, So I found this wonderful pill called Daraprim. I I believe if my yeah, memory serves me correctly. Yeah, as in we dare correctly. you to take it. Oh, but it was fantastic. So one of the so doxycycline has has the nausea and and whatnot as side effects, and I guess we can talk about at some point so one of the historical treatments for malaria is quinine, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: so the quinine derivatives that are now used as prophylactics and treatments have sort of like psychological effects.
4: Oh, oh. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, for this one, it was awesome. So some people actually have some pretty, pretty bad uh, experiences in night terrors and that kind of thing. And was uh, one of the major issues during the Second World War of people stopping taking it because they kept having like psychotic dreams.
4: Oh,
1: nice. Um, but for me, it was just really vivid dreams. So I got to take this pill once a week that didn't make me sick at all. And every time I closed my eyes, it was like watching a, a big screen movie. It was so fantastic. It was really, really exciting.
0: I might start taking this just for fun.
1: I I recommend it. It
4: was <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Been having them all day long I got the heebies But I can't go wrong Cause when I got them I just roll along Now listen everybody While I sing this song I'm singing about that death That makes you shake your shoes That death that gives you folks The heebie-jeebie blues it's called a heebie jeebie dance Ooh, a little little. It's called a heebie-jeebie-dance Oh, I've got the heebies I've got the heebie-jeebies What they're talkin' about man, I've oh, got the heebie, Got, the up, oh, got the blues, come on down, just a bit, your shape, don't you know it. Come on don't-be-blue. Say, come on down, do that dance. the heebie, dance. the dance. I've got the heebie What you doing? With in the history...
2: In the history Scripts written several thousand years ago in cuneiform script on clay tablets attributes malaria to Nergal, the Babylonian god of destruction and pestilence, who we mentioned in our pestilence Pestilence episode, episode, Mm -hmm. pictured as a double-winged mosquito-like insect. Oh, snap. They called it. Yeah. A few centuries later, the natives told Philistines settling in Canaan on the eastern shore of the Mediterranean of the god Beelzebub, lord of the insects. The evil reputation of this deity increased through the ages until the early Jews named him Prince of the Devils.
1: So the question is, is this because they have any inkling about where malaria comes from or just because, like you, they
2: hate (laughs) mosquitoes? (laughs) You know, I kind of see this almost as a meme that evolved right like at first everybody has you you have all sorts of theories right like man we keep getting sick and one percent of us die and it's horrible and it keeps coming back yeah and it always seems to happen near the swamps and it's always more likely to happen when there's lots of mosquitoes around in the warm
0: bad air it's easier to have a bad god looking like a mosquito than to have it looking like
2: a swamp yeah
0: Right, fair you enough. Know, it's true, you get sick around the swamp, but it's like the mosquitoes kind of the the uh, you know the figurehead. You got your, the swamp.
2: You get your Babylonian logo designer. It's yeah. like, look, <laughs> I, I know that you want it to be the bad air and the swamps, but there's there's no good iconic yeah, image there. I can't there. draw.
0: <laughs> I can't draw
2: smell. I can't draw stink. Yeah. But look, personification the like, like,
0: is so difficult. Oh, yeah. these they,
2: mosquitoes, they're biting you guys. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. It's they show up everywhere that this shows up. Let me use the mosquitoes the symbol. Mm-hmm. Trust
3: me, we can work with this they wouldn't have the personification of the swamp uh until uh dungeons dragons in the uh, shambling mound oh
2: of course see i was
3: gonna
1: go with fern gully oh the like smog monster guy like i feel like he looks sort of or
2: swamp thing Mm -hmm. as it were
3: or giant size man thing my favorite comic book
2: (laughs) isn't man thing a swamp thing ripoff or which one is a ripoff of which i don't even know i'm pretty sure
0: man thing is a swamp thing ripoff okay
1: why isn't a man thing just a man Or a
2: man's thing. It's a (laughs) a man thing. Because
0: it's a thing.
2: It's, yeah. The connection between malaria and swamps was known even in antiquity, and the evil spirits or malaria gods were believed to live within the marshes. This belief is likely the origin of the Greek fable of Hercules and the Hydra.
1: Not a lot of fly swatters used in that one, though. Mm -hmm. No. The the club, it's not very effective against mosquitoes.
2: Yeah, maybe, well, maybe his club was shaped like a fly swatter. The Greek have no word for fly swatter, (laughs) so they use the word club. Mm Hercules, ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Chinese Nei Ching, which is their canon of medicine, dated 4,700 years ago, apparently refers to repeated paroxysmal fevers. So that would be fevers with uh, spasms. Mm-hmm. chills. And, uh, yeah. and chills. With it's enlarged cheeky. spleens. I guess that was post-mortem that they would find that out. And a tendency to epidemic occurrence, suggesting P. vivax and P. malariae infections.
1: You can diagnose a, an inflamed enlarged spleen. spleen in a... A living human
2: oh by,
3: by yeah. pushing on wow. their belly
0: yeah, yeah mm-hmm. there's a
1: very specific spot that does it, it hurt here your okay. abdomen. yeah pretty much like that
0: i'm sure they just didn't have a food baby though <laughs> mm, yeah, right could be. you know there's like it's probably uh, a different spot though oh and i guess if they were sick with the vomiting and the malaria and
2: whatnot <laughs>
0: relatively little chance of food babies
1: <laughs> very little chance
0: <laughs>
2: The Vedic, which was 3,500 to 2,800 years ago, and Brahmanic scriptures of northern India in the Indus Valley contain many references to fevers akin to malaria. They're also said to make reference to autumnal fevers as the king of diseases. Autumnal fevers, did you say? Meaning coming in autumn. So they're seasonal. And they come during autumn.
0: Right, because it probably has something to do with the mosquito sort of like birth cycle, right?
1: Well, it's more like this mosquito prevalence due to the weather. So, you know, sort of the warmer dry, uh, warmer wet season rather would so be the a lot summer, more. And then
0: yeah. you'd have these like big, you know, waves of mosquitoes coming in the fall. And- right. Yeah.
2: Uh, the Atharva Veda specifically details the fact that fevers were particularly common after excessive rains or when there was a great deal of grass cover. The ancient Hindus were also aware Places of Places the- where mosquitoes like to lay and I wait. I know. Yeah, it's really weird. There's all sorts of little stagnant ponds everywhere and tons of mosquitoes, but it must be the air. The problem is it's kind of hard to diagnose if,
1: like, everything's covered in mosquitoes and everything's covered in disease. And you're like, well, you know, everything's also covered in sand, so I yeah. don't know what's causing this.
2: Yeah, there's correlation with a lot of things. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the ancient Hindus were also aware of the mosquito's harmful potential. In 800 BC, the sage Devantari wrote, Their bite is as painful as that of the serpents and causes diseases. Whoa, he was
3: a wuss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A oh, he's a snakes wuss. biting me. Oh no! Wait. It's just a <laughs> mosquito.
2: A, a A. He's a wuss, but B.
0: He totally fucking called it again. He did There's causes another, diseases. Like, Seriously, if they just read more of these ancient, ancient guys, they might have come around to the mosquito conclusion a lot faster.
2: Of course, what happens is you've got thousands of people with theories, Yeah, right? This guy happens to be right. Mm -hmm. He might have just been randomly right. Or or like
1: demonizing the mosquito and attributing everything he didn't like to this thing that he thought was as powerful as a snake bite. (laughs) Clearly this guy's never been bitten by a snake. My wife
2: cheated on me and left me, and obviously because she got bit by a mosquito. Yeah, That's right. (laughs) whose bite is as painful as serpents, just as painful as when your wife cheats on you. (laughs) Malaria appeared in the writings of the Greeks from around 500 BC. Hippocrates, the father of medicine and probably the first malarianologist, (laughs) described Mm -hmm. the first malarial fevers of man by 400 BC.
1: Well, the other thing that Hippocrates was actually able to do is uh, distinguish between the different incubation periods of the different species. So he didn't know that there were different species of the malaria parasite, but he recognized, oh, there's two-day fevers and three-day fevers and recognized the different periodicity that we can now actually use to diagnose different species.
0: Oh, Oh, little Mr. Smarty Pants. He probably attributed them to, like, different demigods, though, right? It was like, (laughs) you know, uh, the the one-day fever was just, you know, a slip of a girl and the three-day fever was, you know, uh, some leonine kind of uh, hydra monster. Good old Hippocrates. Mm-hmm.
2: About 180 AD, Galen, a famed and influential physician in Rome, recognized the appearance of fevers with the summer season and a jaundice in infected people, but he believed that malaria was due to a disorder in the four humors of the body.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially yeah. if
1: they're changing to yellow. Right. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Their green bile and
2: black bile are out of balance or whatever. Galen suggested that the normal humoral balance should be restored by bleeding, purging, or even better, by both.
1: Wait, so if you don't have enough blood, you should
2: definitely get rid of it. <laughs> right. yeah. Maybe it's just this blood is bad. Get rid of it and make and good if blood. the malaria
0: is making you vomit, you should vomit more because yeah. more is going to make it less.
1: Just remember, folks, drink lots of pop. Uh, yeah. the- I prescribe
3: a uh, cup full of leeches in the morning. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> the uh, Or ancient Roman pop, a.k.a. wine. <laughs>
2: You know, if it doesn't cure anything, at least you'll kind of feel better. You just
3: blow into a straw with a it, decarbonate it.
2: <laughs> I know. I thought that's
3: how
0: it worked when I was five. <laughs> you try that a lot with wine when you're five?
2: Uh, well, no, not necessarily wine, but I would blow bubbles and things going, eh, hey, it's just like pop. <laughs> carbonated milk. Look, mom, I made carbonated milk. That's nice, dear. Stop playing with your food. <laughs> Nobody else did that? Seriously? I did it.
0: Yeah. All right. I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The tenets that it was humoral and should be cured by bleeding and purging were accepted without question for the next fifteen hundred years. Yes. But wasn't so that like the hobbit?
1: Like that was accepted without question for everything for the next fifteen
0: hundred yeah. years, wasn't it? Uh, here's the thing like if they, they would have been better off listening to this like Ayurvedic guy from like three thousand years earlier than this like Roman dude. It's like I think there's some racism in here. Uh he's swarthy. Yeah, exactly. Can't trust a swarthy doctor. We've come full circle on that in the twentieth, twenty first century. That's for sure.
2: William Shakespeare in uh, the sixteenth century mentioned ague, which is the English word for malaria, in eight of his plays. And I, thought
3: was, I, I thought it was the ag.
2: <laughs> I looked up the pron- pronunciation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't say the word pronunciation right there, but I did look up the pronunciation the, the of pronunciation. ague. Pronunciation. Yeah, the pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, In eight of his plays, and I uh, did a search, it's mentioned 14 times total. For example, in The Tempest, which is where it occurs the most, the slave Caliban curses Prospero, his master. All the infections that the sun sucks up from bogs, fens, flats, unprosper fall and make him, by inchmeal, a disease. Inchmeal? Hmm. Later, Caliban is terrified by the appearance of Stefano, who, mistaking his trembling and apparent delirium for an attack of malaria, tries to cure the symptoms with alcohol. Ah, there you go. He hath got, as I take it, an ague. He's in his fit now and does not talk after the wisest. He shall taste of my bottle. If he have never drunk wine afore, it will go near to remove his fit. Open your mouth. This will shake your shaking. (laughs) If all the wine in my bottle will recover him, I will help his ague. Mm -hmm. I would
1: like to point out that this is very similar to my experience. Yeah? Well, yeah, you know, he is in his fit now and does not talk after the wisest. General disorientation.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay.
1: He shall taste of my bottle. Drink lots of (laughs) pre-pop.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Shakespeare cut out the part where he blew into the wine with a straw to carbonate it.
1: Well, there's a a history that we, many of us partake in very frequently uh, that has made its way into sort of regular culture, as far as malarial treatments. Well, and that, that is, of course, the quinine. Okay. So have any of you ever been in a drinking establishment with a black light, enjoying oh, yeah. a gin and tonic? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And yeah. have you noticed how said beverage glows? Yes. yes. That is the quinine.
0: Right. There, there's quinine in gin?
1: There is. No, there is not quinine in gin. There's quinine in tonic. Mm.
0: Oh, okay. Which is
1: also why it's called tonic you know oh, as, as in, like a medicine type thing as oh. opposed to so this is a quinine is a, an aromatic compound it's a, it's like a ring structure chemical um it comes
3: from a plant in south america as i recall yeah
1: it's the bark of the uh chinchona or chinchona tree and it's very 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 bitter
4: mm-hmm. uh-huh.
1: um and so most people can't really take a dose of quinine and actually interestingly it's it's one of the more effective things that you can use or that was used until relatively recently intravenously for a really severe case of malaria as a natural It You can't taste treatment. bitter through your
3: skin. <laughs> it's yeah. tough through your it, bloodstream.
1: It's also sort of dangerous to do. So it's not – that's why we don't use it that much anymore. But it was one of the more effective things. But to be effective orally, you have to take a lot of it.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. And
1: so they were giving it to British soldiers and whatnot that were stationed in – Tropical uh,
4: regions. Exactly. Right.
1: But – They really didn't like taking it Mm -hmm. because it's like, no, you can't really stand an effective dose because it's so incredibly bitter. So they mixed it with lime juice and a crap load of sugar, which turns it into tonic. I mm-hmm. don't think tonic now has lime. I think you just add that after. Yeah. But then the British, being British, were like, "Hey, I know what'll make this better." Gin. Oh, <laughs>
0: <on>. <laughs>
1: and so was born the gin and tonic. And so now there's no way that drinking gin and tonics is going to do you any good as far as malaria goes, okay. right? Because uh,
0: the tonic isn't an effective dose because they want people to actually drink it. Yeah, so it it's has just to be, not enough. Yeah, right.
3: But
1: um, there's they they definitely still have quinine in. The tonic water that is available commercially
3: now. Let's get drunk and fight war. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That sounds about right.
2: In the news. February 14th, 2013, or 2013, if that's your preference. Uh Valentine's Day.
1: Romantic.
2: A serious malarial outbreak in Manikaland, province of Zimbabwe, has claimed 10 lives, while more than 22,000 people were treated for the disease in one week alone. What? Yeah. Statistics from the Zimbabwe Ministry of Health and Child Welfare show that of the 22,480 cases reported last week, 3,546, and one of the 10 deaths were children under the age of five years. Okay. Minister Mumbashura said last week's figures bring the total number of malaria cases to 62,587 and 32 deaths nationwide. What, since when? I believe that's this
0: year. So the first six weeks of the year, they've already got 60,000 cases.
3: It's a serious problem.
1: There's a lot of. So, one of the, the, the things I was doing when I was in Ghana, I spent three weeks uh, working as a volunteer in an HIV AIDS unit of a hospital. Mm. And uh, it was sort of just a, a really interesting insight into healthcare in that part of the world, and especially with people that don't have a lot of monetary resources to devote to healthcare.
3: And now, if you- did anyone try to give you a goat?
1: No, but I did see them very, very often treated as luggage, like just strapped to roof racks and thrown in <laughs> trunks.
3: Oh, I and thought you were going to say, uh, where am I going to put all my clothes? I'll put them in this goat. <laughs> I probably ate them. That was a 95% oh, man. spit take right I there.
2: I know. I started drinking coffee as Torrin went, and the goat came out just as I had a mouthful of coffee, and I had to put my hand over it.
1: <laughs> I didn't stall a zipper.
2: Uh-uh. <laughs> Now, if, you, if for people who have HIV and AIDS
0: uh, with their um, you know immunodeficiency problems, obviously they would probably be more susceptible to malaria.
1: Uh, for the HIV/AIDS, you know, the bigger problem was actually tuberculosis. As far as trying to you know cure infections before mm-hmm. de- dealing with the HIV, but my time in that hospital, I did um, sort of experience. A lot of people that were sick with malaria and specifically children, because again, it tends to be like if you are ending up in the hospital, yeah, um, chances are you're a child and s- tiny little kids really suffering from malaria is really tough to see. Like, yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's really, really rough. So that's my t- upper.
2: So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that, is, that is since uh, the beginning of 2013. Yeah. Okay. So, so 62,000 in the past six weeks.
0: Yahoo, what? What country is this? Manicaland, was, uh, Manicaland province of Zimbabwe, so Africa. Manicaland—that sounds made up. Ooh, maybe they misspelled it. Maybe it's Maniac Land. <laughs> hey, I'd go there. It is a would sh- you really? Really? Yeah, because the, you know that their like state theme song is like, she's a maniac
2: man. It would probably end up being no. mislabeled like Greenland. You'd go there and everybody would be just totally mellow. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was Maniac Land. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. ironic. The name of a province is ironic. We thought we would attract a, people to bring some fun in. No, it's a hipster. It's a totally. No, hipster No, they're trying province. to
1: keep away all the like, other people they don't want by calling it Maniac Land.
3: Uh, Maniac is a Zimbabwe word for peaceful.
2: (laughs) (laughs) May 22nd, 2012. Fake malaria drugs in Southeast Asia and Africa threaten progress against disease. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is ooh. this is pretty sick, and I don't mean disease sick. Uh, Hanoi, Vietnam. More than a third of the malaria-fighting drugs tested over the past decade in Southeast Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa were either fake or bad quality, seriously undermining efforts to fight the disease, a study said. Fake drugs with no malaria-fighting agents can lead to deaths when patients rely on them, of course, and those mm-hmm. containing some active ingredients but not enough to fully kill all the parasites are also problematic because they promote resistance mm-hmm. that can eventually outsmart medicines and render them useless. So, like, yeah, yeah. You've, you've got the double-edged horrible thing that you're doing to other people in humanity. You've got one, you're just giving people medicine that doesn't do anything. Yeah. And you've one, you've got... And two, you've got medicine that That's so weak, it doesn't really do anything. All it does is strengthen... And it makes superbugs. Yeah.
3: Good yeah. money, though. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Hear in a, a
3: land of no money.
2: <laughs> I guess so. A study published in the Lancet Infectious Diseases Journal says more labs are needed worldwide to test for fake drugs. Only three out of 47 malaria-plagued countries in Africa are equipped to do so.
4: Hmm. So, yeah, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's
2: the entire country... Like only three of them have labs that are capable of finding out which drugs are fake. The study also calls for counterfeiters to be brought to justice, including the creation of a universal way to crack down on those involved in the cross-border trade. Currently, laws only exist within individual countries. Uh, The authors wrote, the economic incentives for criminals of drug falsification surpass the risks involved in their production and sale. Production and distribution of counterfeit anti-malarial drugs should be prosecuted as crimes against humanity, Mm -hmm. they added. I have to agree. Like, well, you're putting a lot of lives at risk. I mean, this, here's yeah. the thing:
0: like, you, you're not ripping off one person; you're ripping off like an entire population, right? Yeah. Well,
1: the sad thing is that I mean, there isn't that much being done against problems like that because it's just you the know resources malaria to do is it. Yeah. well, and you know, oh, malaria is a reality, and tons of people die from it, and it's it's so prevalent. Like, it's hard, I'm sure, to find news stories. It's hard to find other things because it's just sort of it, it's. So constant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's ubiquitous, right? Like, I mean, it's, uh, the, every African nation in, uh, that has like a tropical aspect to it has had the, the, uh, all their ancestors throughout the history of time have all had to deal with it.
1: Even though the death tolls are really high, because it's so ubiquitous, it's just sort of like, well, whatever, you know, white noise. I mean, if mm-hmm. you think of, you know, even, you know, the swine flu or whatever, if someone was marketing fake drugs for swine flu, they would have been shot by vigilantes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Do you, do you think it has to do with the with the low mortality, like about half a percent typically, that, that people go, well, it's like giving out fake flu medicine, yeah. right? Like big yeah. deal. So it doesn't prevent your flu. You're probably not going to die. Is that the way these people are probably excusing what I'm they're sure. doing? I'm sure. Exactly.
0: It's probably it. And well, then, that and, and the countries that this happens in, they don't really have the resources to kind of chase down these people who are going from country to country and yeah. perpetrating these things. And,
1: or it's not the biggest problem. Yeah,
0: have. yeah, they got a lot of other issues.
2: Now, I do have a couple of uh, bits of good news. Uh, one from, uh, again, just a few days ago, February 12, 2013, uh, Bill Gates was on Reddit.com and did what's called an Ask Me Anything, which is uh, basically an open uh, interview with the members of that site. People can post and their posts get upvoted and the person being interviewed will reply to the ones they want to. Somebody asked him uh, what he would like to do with his money, and he noted wiping out diseases. Uh, and he mentioned Malaria, but polio is what he wants to get done with first. Here's the quote. Polio is the first thing to get done since we're so close. Within six years, we will have the last case. After that, we will go after malaria and measles. Malaria kills over 500,000 kids every year, mostly in Africa, and did not get enough attention until the last decade. We also need vaccines to prevent HIV and TB, which are making progress.
1: 500,000 kids. Yeah. Half a million kids. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't kill... Uh, because it's Well, and because, you know, when you look at the percentage of infections, a lot of those people are adults. Mm-hmm. And so the mortality rate on average overall per infection mm. is low. Right. But when you look at it on an age-specific sort of… Uh, Diagnostic. Yeah. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> if you break it down by age, right, then, you know, the stats are a lot higher in kids. And it, it you know, it cuts off the population where it's starting.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, Bill Gates was actually on Stephen Colbert a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I watched him on there, and it's pretty much mostly what he talked about. He talked about wiping out polio and going after malaria and TB, and, yeah, he's uh, he's sort of semi-retired and is dedicating himself to uh, eradicating diseases.
3: What an asshole. You're a
0: rich <laughs> son of a bitch. self Yeah, he's probably doing it just so you can... So one
2: more thing you can brag about.
3: <laughs> In heaven.
2: Yeah. The World Health Organization reports that... A child dies almost every minute from malaria. Globally, 86% of malaria victims are children under five years of age. There you go. So yeah, again, going back to those guys with the fake uh, medicine, it's the kids that they're hurting, right? Brutal. Jumping from one bit of good news where we've got a billionaire who says, once we deal with polio, I'm going to concentrate on malaria. Uh, Two, hope for not just a new malaria cure, but a new malaria cure attack uh, strategy. This- what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you. February 15th, 2013, a team of Australian scientists in Canberra, Australia are celebrating a discovery that could potentially save more than a million lives every year. Recently, Dr. Natalie Spillman and Professor Kieran Kirk from the Australian National University noticed a tiny pump the parasite that causes malaria uses to expel salt from its body. It was, quote, it was within a week or two of our identification of the pump that a paper came out reporting the discovery of a new drug, she said. But Professor Kirk says it was not until the two discoveries were combined that a breakthrough was made. We took their drug, put it together with our salt pump, and showed that, sure enough, their drug blocked our salt pump. God, that was a terrible accent. That's all right. It makes mine sound that much better. I know. By blocking the pump, the parasite could no longer get rid of any salt, and so it would eventually kill itself from an overload. Hmm. This particular drug is the first genuinely new drug to be tested on malaria patients for 20 years, he said. The malaria parasite's salt pump would seem to be an Achilles heel particularly vulnerable to attack. Knowing this, we can look for other drugs that block this pump. So they have a drug, it's working in the lab, and the attack on it, like the make them block their own pump up, is brand new. Uh And it seems to kill the, the parasite perfectly in the lab. So what they're going to do now is move forward to human testing. Mm-hmm. to see if if you give humans this drug will it then kill the parasite while it's in their body uh, and if it does awesome we have a brand new super easy and hopefully safe Yeah, an effective anti-malaria drug. Mm -hmm. The article does go on to note that he admits that, you know, it's possible that this will work for a while and then the parasite will evolve a resistance to it. But because this is a new way of attacking, what they can do is then go, well, they evolved resistance to this drug that blocks the salt pump. Let's look at other things that block the salt pump and Mm -hmm. then try more and more new things. So this is the first one in about 20 years to have that new strategy of taking down the malaria parasite.
3: Where's your salt pump,
0: Kevin?
1: In his kidneys.
2: Mm. <laughs> For the <laughs> medically accurate
0: answer to your question, Torin,
2: There comes comes knowledge ruining a joke. Anybody else have any news? In the news, mosquitoes
3: are getting extra salty in the near future. <laughs> you have to use less on your bug <laughs> steak. Yeah.
2: Pop culture, there's not a lot. Malaria, like the flu is like you're not going to write a story about you know, somebody gets malaria and yeah. lies around sick. Yeah, it doesn't feel very dramatic. No, although Disney has a 1943 educational short animation about malaria called The Winged Scourge. Ooh. And it's pretty cool. It's, it's super like painting the mosquito as this like the Nazi-like it, yeah. <laughs> demon. Public
4: enemy number one,
3: Anopheles, the malaria mosquito. Wanted for willful spreading of disease and theft of working hours. For bringing sickness and misery to untold millions in many parts of the world.
0: Uh, I, like, I like how they put up a wanted poster and it says wanted oh, dead wait. or alive. I'm like, really? You want to take malaria mosquitoes alive?
2: The best is literally they show a giant mosquito like sucking the life out of somebody's entire house. Oh, one of find. the seven dwarves? Uh, yeah, this film does contain the <laughs> seven dwarves doing what they can. Oh, here we go. Here's here's the house. And then uh, there's a voiceover talking about <gasps>
1: That's a huge mosquito, <laughs>
2: and
1: it's got angry eyes.
2: Yeah, it's not it like how it's got human eyes. It has <laughs> angry eyes. So it basically goes out to talk about the ways of dealing with uh, the mosquito population and the ways that you can curb them to keep malaria down. Well, This was a
0: nine-minute video, so well worth watching. We'll probably put it up on the website, dot I guess curing malaria is
2: everyone's
1: business
0: mm-hmm. yes
2: so this was the first of a series of health related educational shorts produced by disney studios uh, and the coordinator of inter-american affairs for showing in latin america mm-hmm. so these were not necessarily for american audiences
0: i didn't really uh know how, uh, i wasn't 100 percent sure about them choosing the snow white and the seven dwarves for the vd version either <laughs> for the anti-vd video I, I thought that was a little bit cutting edge well, know, disney actually produced a
3: uh a a public service educational film on uh, menstruation that was banned.
2: I was just <laughs> drinking my coffee again. <laughs> That's true. That's not a joke. What? Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't contain this, the seven dwarves. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: about to say, who's the main character in that one? <laughs> uh, I haven't watched it all the way through. Right. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Could, just couldn't get through it. Ah! Ah! No, it has Minnie, to be Minnie. Oh. It has to be Minnie. She's the
3: only like
2: <laughs> female character from that era, right?
3: I was going to say The Little Mermaid, but then how would that even work? <laughs> <laughs> got a her well, cool or something no no she she
2: she gets her legs and she has something new to learn about <laughs> there, you go. Oh, there you go actually this one is the only one of the educational shorts to use established disney characters in it
3: Ooh. on a related note in the world war ii the u.s army produced a pamphlet that was on uh on malaria that was illustrated by dr seuss oh wow yeah
1: Huh. And my it's a good theme, you know. Yeah, and it, you can
3: tell it's it's directed to like the grunts, like the GIs, the, the kind of kids who are just at a high school or whatever. Ooh. One of the uh, the first one of the first paragraphs is: uh, first of all, they identify the uh, Anopheles mosquito as Anne. Awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, right. they, so they talk about her all the time. Never give her a break. She can make you feel like a combination of a forest fire, a January blizzard, and an old fish mop.
2: <laughs> fish mop. It's not uh, that
3: kind of weird, you know, so kind of are, grunt, uh, lowbrow lingo and stuff like that. Fish Fishmonger. Yeah.
2: In in what world <laughs> it, okay. do you have so many fish lying around on the ground that you need a specialized a mop? <laughs> For mopping up their leavings, I'm I'm very
0: disappointed that they chose not to let Dr. Seuss also write this pamphlet. So they could do it in rhyming verse.
3: Maybe it's dish mop. It might have. It could be cut off here. Oh. <laughs> it might be dish mop. When I read fish mop, okay. in what but world? Fish mop was, <laughs> this is good do too. you have so many dishes? <laughs> She will leave you with about as much pep as a sack of wet sand. And now and then she will even knock you for flat, knock you flat for keeps. Okay, now do it
2: in a goofy in a Dr. <laughs> Seuss voice.
1: I'm really surprised that they went with Anne instead of like Dirty Annie.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Well, it is Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure in the- I was also disappointed that they didn't all rhyme. Oh. Yeah, me too. What does rhyme with malaria?
3: Um, The character in Conan the Barbarian who says, do you want to live forever? Her name was Valeria.
0: He mm, got uh, Maleficaria. Drainage area. <laughs> y- you know, it's a uh, name of a band.
2: Rhymes with malaria. Hysteria. Bulgaria. One of the only other pop culture things I could find out through a search that didn't suck. Of course, there's going to be lots of things that are just not worth watching with you know 100 votes on imdb was uh, season 6 episode 13 of house md Mm-hmm. which was uh, the title of the episode is five to nine. And it's the only one that I could find that mentioned malaria and is, was an interesting show. I actually watched it cause I had nothing else to watch for this. So yeah. I watched the whole episode and it's for anybody who watches house. It's the Cuddy specific episode. She's the, the head of the hospital okay. and this is the episode that follows her around for an entire day. So house is almost like a secondary character and he keeps coming up to her asking her for permission to infect his cancer patient with malaria malaria in order to cause hypothermia to deal with his problem she realizes about the second time he asks wait a minute did you make a bet that you could cure that you could use malaria as a diagnostic tool oh that sounds like a terrible thing i would never do that but that's obviously what the gimmick is and every time he explains why he wants to do it she tends to walk away so they don't go into a lot of depth on it it's not a typical house episode yeah okay and I don't believe he ends up doing it, but he does argue that it's the cheapest way to induce hypothermia. I don't know which if clearly that's true. in his
1: department is really what they're looking for. Well, <laughs> she's
2: dealing with a lot of uh, budget crises at the, at the moment and getting uh, she's dealing with the insurance agency and in a new deal that they're having to get with them and things like that. So a budget pops up, and he just tries to use it as one of his. Maybe I'll argue the budget side. It'll be the cheapest way to. Do. He just wants to win his fifty dollar bet. Right. Right. So that he can use malaria to, to diagnose somebody. It never happens. Right, okay. But that's it. That, this is an example of how hard it is to get malaria into pop culture. It sounds like hokum. Well, Bob one kiss. of the side effects of malaria is chills. Uh, especially when you get uh, what is called algid malaria, which is a rare complication of tropical malaria. It occurs in only about 0.37% of cases. That's a pretty accurate number. You know what else is, uh, causes chills?
0: What's that? Falling in love with Olivia Newton John. I got chills, they're multiplying. multiplying. And I'm losing control. Diminished consciousness. The power you're supplying it's electrifying. That's
2: the seizures. You're the one that I want. (laughs) (laughs) World Health Organization. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, this song is about malaria uh, You heard it here first, folks <laughs> We've cracked the nut on Grease Wide open
4: it's
3: such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, start to say, "I hope I don't go crazy today." It's a bad feeling, an ominous feeling. A feeling you know that we'll be back. When the week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about, we will too
4: caustic soda
1: was recorded by mike leeson while struggling in a crocodile death roll to comment on episodes make donations and for links images videos and show notes visit causticsodapodcast.com rate and review us on itunes visit us on facebook Tweet us on Twitter at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at CausticSodaPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Little did you know that uh, the original runway modeling was called uh, wa- the Caliban Walk instead of the Catwalk. They shortened it.
2: <laughs> I
0: <laughs> I totally got the torn stare down on that. I one.
2: I respect the swing. Uh huh. It didn't make any contact with the ball, uh, but I respect the the the, the, the balls it took. so to speak, to to take that swing. You can't hit a home run unless you're standing at the plate? No, no. And I I say keep trying. (laughs) Please, keep trying. If he
0: (laughs) Jenna's laughing. I know. Jenna's laughing. That's why why I like her so much. That's why I like her so much.
1: (laughs) I think it's in anticipation of the Google car.
3: You need to get closer to your microphone.
1: It's not worth it. (laughs)